Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of It Came From Amity. We're yeah. just three days away from Christmas, dude. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody that's listening. Um, and Happy Holidays. Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas, Noah. Um, we're really, I'm really sorry. Personally, I'd like to apologize because we should have done this last week. But, uh, well, I fell asleep and forgot to set an alarm. So I woke up like at two in the afternoon to like a missed call and a text from Noah. <laughs> you know what we're doing today, though? I do know what we're doing today. I came up with a song. Do you want to hear it? I do. Santa Claus is dozing through town. <laughs> Santa Claus is dozing through town. That, and that's what I did. The kill dozers dozing through town. Yeah, we're going to do. Uh, so Noah wants to stay on this track of kind of like. True crime via weird conspiracy weirdness type of thing, like movie level weird. Oh yeah, right. So what was it last? The last time we recorded was what was it we did? I'm having a brain fart. Hell, was it we did? Oh, last week or the week before? Dude, I just brain farted too. Apparently, it's contagious. Insert subject here. Yeah. (laughs) So last week we did, and I'll put it in in the editing. So, so yeah, so we're staying on this weird true crime, and we're going to do... Because it's fun. It is fun. And this is something that we don't... Oh, we did um, Ruby Ridge. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, just came to me. Which Ruby wasn't Ridge. really as weird as tonight or today's. Yeah, this one's kind of... And and it's, it's going to polarize the people, because some people have very strong opinions one way or right. the other. Uh, you know, I wouldn't guy. even say it's as weird as I would just say it's so... Bold bizarre. and bizarre, oh, yeah. like just the fact that somebody would do this. Yeah, it's it seems like out of a comic book, doesn't it? Sort of, yeah. Like a Batman villain, almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this dude's got like your bad day origin story, right? So this guy, his name was Marvin Hemeyer, <clears throat> and he had, I think it was a muffler shop or a brake shop, and the town that he lived in. Now, some people will sit and say that the catalyst was this. Some people will say it's. That and I'll do both to kind of give you guys both sides of the conversation, and you guys. We're not, yeah, we're not doing this to express our views on the matter. Right, we're just covering it. Right, so so don't be mad at us. Um, so at one point he's talking about selling land that's adjacent to his shop to the government. Uh, yeah, and there was another. Uh, well, and there was a some kind of uh, manufacturing plant that was wanting to buy it. Okay, so it was a corporate. Yeah, it wasn't just another person. It right. was a corporate or a government entity. Right. Yeah. And he felt he was being lowballed. Right. So negotiations kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he felt he wasn't getting the offer that he felt was worth the price of the lot. They were trying to push the little man down. Right. And what ended up happening was, is that, um, I guess the company ended up buying land some, like, on another lot adjacent to that. And they ended up getting permission from the local, um, like, city office to do construction nearby. But what ended up doing was ended up closing off his shop. So yeah. he, he couldn't get traffic They pretty in much out. choked him out. Yeah. It's messed up and evil so to do that to somebody. He ended up petitioning the city government to say, hey, can you stop letting them do it right here? Because... I can't get access to my shop. I can't get business in. I can't get business out. I, I have a hard time getting in. And also that lot that he was trying to sell to this other company that ended up taking another lot, um, he was also using this lot to traverse like as an easy access point to his shop. So 
what ends up happening is is he ends up petitioning the government and and pleading with the local government several times trying yeah. to uh hey can we figure out another way to do this so some people say that you know Marvin Hemeyer didn't go far enough in his petitioning efforts and his efforts to maybe uh, converse with the company about figuring out another way to, to, to do this so he can have access to the shop. I'm sure he did try that. It just didn't get listed. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Why would he not? A, a common sense individual would go to the the corporation. Right. And and They so, probably just ignored him, dude. And depending on your sources, uh-huh. he did this. Uh, other sources say that he didn't. <clears throat> so to give you a little bit of background on, on Marvin Hemeyer, uh, he was born October 28th in 1951 in Castlewood, South Dakota, and his date of death is June 4, 2004, and his occupation was a welder and automotive, uh, automo- uh, yeah, automotive repair shop owner. So to, to kind of put this more in depth, he feuded with uh, the town of Granby over uh, fines for violating city health ordinances. Is that South Dakota? I think. Okay. Um, Colorado. Colorado, okay. Um, so the Granby town officials had uh, cited him several times for violating uh, health ordinances because uh, he purchased a property with no sewage system. <laughs> um, so he incurred the fines for improperly dumping sewage from his business instead of connecting to the city sewer system. Um, some people say that that actually didn't happen. Some people say it did. Maybe they tacked it on there to give a reason for... right. Like a, you know what I mean? Right. To kind of give him just a, cause. a reason to, yeah, just cause. Right. And like I said, some people say that didn't happen that way. Some people say it did. I'm, I'm not. I we'll never there. know. And and different sources cite different things. Um, so over about a period of eighteen months, um, Hemeyer. See, it, it totally in, in in this in this article here, and this is the wiki entry. They totally ignore the part about him going and doing like the business negotiations with this corporate entity. Of course they did. And on all that. So they went right to basically he, he bought this Komatsu D three five five a bulldozer off of because it's not as fun when you tell the story and make him look human, right? You got to make him look, you know, villainous and, and psychotic, like, cause that's the fun way to tell the story. So right. That's the wiki entry. Then the article from all that's interesting.com. They list it. Because he was doing, um, he was trying to have a zoning petition heard by the city council, and they kept getting repeatedly dismissed. So, um, so in all that's interesting dot com, they take a more pro Hemeyer yeah. angle versus Wiki that, which Wiki is you you know you somebody can, changes it comes yeah. back and changes it back and, yeah because you yeah. could go any of you guys right now could go to Wiki. <clears throat> And totally changed that entire Whatever first paragraph say. to say that he Meyer was getting kicked in the nuts repeatedly by Superman, and right. that's why he built you know this device. Um, so, uh, so in this article from All That's Interesting, they list the zoning petition dismissals. Uh, that's what they cite. Um, so. Uh, basically, what ends up happening is is it's a battle against the zoning commission of the city of Grandsby, and so that's why he buys the Komatsu. Uh, so in the 1990s, he might actually owned a small welding shop in town where he made his living repairing mufflers. 
Uh, he purchased the land on which his shop was built in 1992. Over the years, he agreed to sell the land to a concrete company to build a plant. The negotiations hadn't been easy, and he'd been having trouble agreeing with the company on a suitable price. That's where it all started. Yep. This is where it gets its start. In 2001, the city approved the construction of a concrete plant, zoning the land next to Hemeyer's for use. Here's one thing you guys need to learn, and this is for everybody in the world. Government, whether it be local or not, does not look out for you. No. And if, they do not care. And, and if you in, own some land, they don't care. And their interest is going to be to the highest bidder. Right. So in this particular instance, the company that Hemeyer had been talking to earlier about selling land, this company ends up going to the city and has the city approve uh, uh, basically rezoning of the property next to Hemeyer's for construction. Yeah. This is what ends up basically locking Hemeyer's shop off from operation. And so Hemeyer, um, um, rightfully so, is pissed. Petitioning the government, the local government, saying, hey, can we get this rezone back to the way it was? That way people can get into the shop. Yeah. And basically... The, the petitions kept getting dismissed. And it's not like he can just move shops because all of his stuff he had was probably tied up into it and negotiations aren't going anywhere, so he has no money to go anywhere else. Right. Plus, it's his land. He shouldn't have to go anywhere else, you know? Right. He was there first. And Hemeyer said, uh, and this source says that he petitioned to have the property rezoned to prevent the construction of the plant, but it was rejected on multiple occasions. Um, so... In early 2003, Marvin Hemeyer decided he had had enough. <clears throat> and uh, a few years earlier than that, that's when he bought the Komatsu uh, bulldozer. And so originally he had used it or was having, he bought it with the intention of using it to create an alternative route to his muffler shop <clears throat> to reroute traffic to get into the shop. Yeah. Um, but now it was going to be repurposed pretty much a batmobile yeah right if you look at like the old uh the batmobile from the christian bell movies it yeah kind of what puts the you dozer or yeah. the what do they call it the you tumbler know, the tumbler yeah um a military kind of bridge cable like a tool yeah. it's not just a vehicle it's a tool oh, for yeah. destroying stuff and right. building stuff exactly so over the course of about a year and a half <clears throat> marvin takes this uh Komatsu D355A. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? What's that? Remember the Dawn of the Dead remake in the mall where they built the zombie yes. truck? And they welded all the sheets of metal mm -hmm. and, and the spikes and everything? That's what it reminds me of. Just a completely yeah. impenetrable uh, a, a killdozer. I mean, how else do you describe it? I mean, that's exactly <laughs> you know? That's what they ended up calling it. Right. Um, I mean, that's exactly what the uh, yeah. media ends up calling it. There's no better way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, because that's exactly what it was. So bulletproof, bombproof, yeah. fireproof. Yeah, um, crashproof. He had with and with his welding expertise, he ends up um, armor plates, um, which cover most of the cabin, the engine, and parts of the tracks. He'd created the armor himself using a concrete mix poured between sheets of steel. And as the armor covered much of the cabin, a video camera was mounted. Um, to the exterior for visibility covered by three-inch bulletproof plastic. That way the, uh, they couldn't shoot out the camera and yeah. taking away his ability he to He was see. safe as anybody else in there. Like he, Yes. Yeah. Nothing was going to get to him. No. No, he was completely locked in. 
and there were two monitors on which Hemeyer could survey, uh, survey his destruction. There were also fans and an air conditioner to keep him cool. <laughs> so, Because, I mean, it would get hot in there. Oh, yeah. Um, so finally, he fashioned three gun ports and outfitted them with a 50 caliber rifle, a 308 semi-automatic rifle, and a 22 long rifle. And now, we're not saying, and in the, in the <clears throat> earlier, we're not saying what he did was right. We're saying okay? we understand. We're saying we understand how he just had enough, and, you know, we get that. We're right. not saying it's right, okay? Now, and I want to go on to say, like, you could get on TikTok and put in Killdozer in a search, and you're going to have two camps automatically pop up. Yeah. You're going to have those who think that he was just... Uh, abhorrent and uh, right, wrong. abhorrent, and he yeah. was a rampaging. And you're gonna have others who regard him as a hero. And there's almost no in between, at right. least on, at least on social media. Yeah. Um, and you have others who kind of like us. It's not that we idolize the man. It's, and he just had a psychotic break, man. And I mean, just, we get it. You know, you just understand that sometimes when it affects your, you know, when the government makes decisions that affect directly affect or even indirectly affect your livelihood yeah they're taking his life away that's what they're doing yeah he can't afford this or that anymore yeah because his shop was his life that's how he earned his money i mean that'd be like if the government came to your house and basically did uh, allowed a company to basically do construction all around your house and you can no longer Take your car out of the garage to get to work you can't get to work you can't get to the store you can't do anything so now how do you make a living Yep. So this is kind of what Hemeyer was facing. Um, so according to authorities, once he'd sealed himself inside the cockpit, it would have been impossible for him to have gotten out because the he had a crane that lowered that basically encasement onto the killdozer. Yeah, he was in. Once he was off. in, he was in. Yeah, right? he was, yeah, that was it. He planned to die in there, basically. He did. Yeah. He never planned on ever getting he, out of he, there. He just you know, assumed that maybe they'll get a rocket launcher or a grenade up under it or something right yeah. like yeah i mean it, he would have been almost impossible to take out yeah. by conventional means he built it to where they would have to do heavy damage for a long time to get through it if you ever look at pictures of the killdozer which you guys could easily google it kind of puts you in mind of like the old school world war one tanks yeah is what it, you it's what you instantly picture. right i'm gonna pull it up too just to look at it um so when his killdozer was finished he readied himself for his attack there's a metal band named Killdozer, too. Yes, there is. Yeah. I forgot about them, dude. Uh, and on June 4th of 2004, he got himself inside the cockpit and set out for Granby. This thing is so cool looking, dude. Oh, yeah. And this is all homemade. Like, this, like the, the armor was made. He mount, I mean, he wired the cameras and, and the monitors. He, he, I mean, he did this all on his own, all by himself. And what's There's funny... There's a movie called Killdozer. Yeah, they did a movie about him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's funny is that people would come into the shop and they would see this getting built and they just thought he was doing something and they never really thought anything of it. Right. They just like, oh, well, he's a welder. This makes sense. So they just, they never thought anything of it. Now here they're saying folk hero. No, he's not a hero, guys. Well, come on. S- well, some people do. They, they yeah, regard I know him- they do, but that's stupid. He's not a hero. <laughs> he's a victim of circumstance. Yeah. And mentally ill. I mean, he's mentally ill. He's a victim of circumstance. He got pushed past his limits. He's not a hero, though. Come well, on. There is a, there is something they find in his shop later that cements his legacy, and we'll get to that in a yeah. minute. So they, he drives the Komatsu out of his shop through the wall, the plowed through the concrete plant, 
Town Hall, a newspaper office, a former judge's widow's home, a hardware store, and other homes. Now, it says other homes, but I want you guys to know yeah. that these homes were not random. He was not targeting in, <clears throat> innocent people. No, the, these you know? homes that, that were not just random homes. These no. were the homes of, like, city council officials. They were bureaucrats. A loan officer. Yeah, like, these were yeah. people that were directly involved in all this. So they yeah. weren't just random homes. He wasn't going berserker. You know oh, what I mean? I just jumped ahead because it said authorities really don't realize that every building that had been bulldozed had some connection to Hemeyer. I don't think so, he actually killed anybody. No, the only death that was committed was his own. Yeah, so he didn't he didn't take any lives. Right. So it's that's why he's a little more forgivable in this instance because it was just rubble that he took out. Right. Now, it wasn't any people. Some people say that well, Hemeyer had no way of knowing if there was anybody in these buildings or not. Because of time of day, there could have been anyone there. And it's it's true. But, however, I also don't think that Hemeyer set out to kill anybody. No, he would have done... Well, that's the thing, though. Why did he put gun holes in his bulldozer? Why would he need guns? Uh, That's another... See, that if you're saying he's not going to kill anybody, why would you even think of that, then? So... I mean, I guess, honestly, if he thought he was under attack before he completed his... True, maybe self-defense. He completed his mission. Right. Um... And like I said, I'm not defending it. I'm saying I would make gun ports, too, if I was yeah, in that position. I would. I would, too. I mean. But I also would not. It's almost like the mafia, mm-hmm. where it's like they don't kill women and children. They only kill the people that they're supposed to, that are, you know what I mean? Right. It's kind of like him. Like, he's not going to take out innocence. Right. And and then I don't feel that it was ever his intention. Right. Um, I don't feel that he was like, hey, I'm just going to. Go out here and just hurt who I can hurt. Or even if it was like, let's say, city councilman's house. Maybe his thought was, I want to take out your house, all your objects and everything you love, like you took out mine. I'm not going to kill you. Right. I'm going to make you suffer, though. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I find it odd that if I think if when a madman sets out to kill, especially with as much damage as he caused, especially going through the concrete plant, yeah, you would think... He would have He's, went about it like our next... You know what next week's topic is? Hmm. The L.A. shootouts. We're going to talk about that. Okay, so, oh yeah, and the movie it. 44 Minutes. Okay. We're going to talk about... Have you seen it? I've not seen it. I know okay. what it is, but I'm not We're going to talk about that next week. I okay. just decided that. Okay. So, in their instance, they wanted to kill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They went out guns blazing with the only intention to, to kill. Right. He didn't do that. No. You know? And he would have did it a different way if he wanted I, to kill him. And I honestly think, and this is the thing, like, and this is just my personal opinion, and oh. based on the research that I've done, I think if he had wanted to kill, he would have made sure that, I mean, think about it. He damaged 13 buildings. Right. If he wanted to kill, he could have done it. He, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think He definitely could have killed. I mean, yeah. I mean, especially mm. in that device. Right. So, um yeah, he damaged 13 buildings and knocking out gas services to City Hall. So I think the, I think the idea was I'm going to cause financial damage to the town as much as they did to me. Yeah. So such a panic ensued that the governor of Colorado actually considered deploying the National Guard against him uh, author, and authorized or was going to authorize the Guard to attack with Apache helicopters and an anti-tank missile. The attacks were in place, and had Hemeyer not wedged himself in the basement of a store, they would have been carried out. So at this point, Hemeyer accidentally gets himself stuck, has nowhere else to go, and now we're going to reach the 
the end of the written story here. So as Marvin Hemeyer had attempted to, to bulldoze the Gamble's hardware store, he accidentally gets the killdozer stuck in the foundation. And Hemeyer, now knowing that the end is, is, is it's, it's here, he's, he's got nowhere else to go, he has no other options left, um, he, gets, uh, he kills himself with a gunshot to the head. Uh, and he was determined, because he wasn't going to go to prison. He, right. he, he, he made that decision way before. Hey, this is not on topic. This is a rare movie. I was just Googling it for uh-huh. next week. Look at the price that they're asking for that movie. Oh, my God. It's that rare. <laughs> 44 minutes, the DVD is going for 90 bucks. That's nuts. It's a TV movie. It's not even a real like theatrical movie. Anyway. <laughs> was that really Marvin Van Peebles? It's Matt, Mike, uh, Michael Madsen yeah. and Mario Van Peebles yeah. and Ron Livingston. Okay, Mar- yeah. He, yeah. I remember he was like a kind of like an up and comer back in the eighties and nineties, yeah. and then just dropped off. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Yep. So he shot himself in the head. He shot himself in the head, <clears throat> and he caused seven million dollars of property damage. It's not too bad. No. And and that was done to the town of Granby. Not a single human besides Hemeyer was killed during the rampage. And this is, and they and they credit this because of the reverse nine one system was used to notify residents of the killdozer so they could get out of the way in time. Yeah, I mean it's like Austin Powers. You <laughs> see it coming. Stop! <laughs> oh my god! For like a minute and a half, yes. you could get out of the no. way of it. It's like it's a bulldozer, dude. Yeah, it goes like thirty max. Yeah, I want right? to say that the average top speed of most bulldozers are like anywhere from like thirty to fifty. It's not fast. Yeah. Um. So after everything settles and they do their investigation, they search Hemeyer's home and they find notes and audio tapes that give out why he was doing what he was doing. Uh, they also learned that several men who had visited Hemeyer's shop didn't seem to notice the killdozer, um, which I guess mo- kept, you know, Hemeyer going, like, you know, right. they're not noticing. And as for Marvin Hemeyer's killdozer itself, state officials decided to take it apart and sell it for scrap. And the reason they did that is to keep admirers from basically using it as a um, it's altar. Like, it's like when they bury people in un- unnamed... Like shooters and stuff, they mm-hmm. bury them in unnamed lots because they don't want martyrs. You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah, they don't want to make like, yeah. like a like a vigil site for right. them. Um, that's one of the reasons why they supposedly, depending, and I'm not because there's a conspiracy behind this too. Supposedly, um, this is one of the reasons why they bury uh, buried uh, Ob- uh, Osama bin Laden at sea after they took him out, is so that way they couldn't have a site yeah. for other people to come visit, come and make their silly little. Voyage to and yeah, worship like, Bin Laden. Exactly, it's so silly. Um, but yeah, so they because they, they the state officials because it actually became very clear, especially like on internet forums at the time that it was going to be a subject of fascination for for admirers. Yeah. Um. So and as, it's also the same way like. Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, was buried without a headstone and stuff Mm because they don't want people to show. It's just disrespectful to come and have, like, strangers at your cemetery, at your gravesite that don't even know you, and they want to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they want to make, like, a spectacle out of your death and all that. Right. You know? Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, And, of course, as we all know, for those who already know the Killdozer story, and some do, some don't, um, uh, it didn't become long before Hemeyer uh, became a controversial folk hero anyway. 
Um, some people believe that he was a victim of town government, didn't think twice about hurting a local business. And some people have um, pointed out, and rightfully so, uh, that he had already decided to sell the land. Yeah. Uh, but because he didn't get the price he was asking, he got he got jaded. Um, and also, people also say, as, as, and as a, as, again, as a crucial point, that he could have just easily killed anybody during his right. rampage. And I feel like there was more in there that we don't know about. Like, obviously, winner, winners write history. Right. Right. And the corporations and government is the one writing the history of this. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of little things in there about him that we don't know. Things that they did to him. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and we've, you and I have had this conversation many, many times, and we, we know this to be true. And look at history in general. I think it was Napoleon Bonaparte had said something about, isn't it funny that, you know, the good guys always win? Yeah. Right. You know. Um, it's one-sided. History is very one-sided. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was a movie, but I remember, I remember Napoleon Bonaparte no, it, saying something. No, I think something. it was Napoleon that yeah, said that. Yeah, it was like, yeah. like said some, referenced the fact that isn't it always, isn't amazing that the good guys always win? Right. Um, because once you win, you can write whatever history you want. Or no, or was or he said something maybe about. Um, Excuse me. He said something about, it was something along those lines. History is a set of lies agreed upon. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. So, and as a history buff myself, and have done many, many deep dives into historical issues and and topics that I'm passionate about, this is 100% true. Um, And I'm not going to go into those. But anyway. um, Oh, Napoleon also said, if you want something done right, do it yourself. He quoted that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Napoleon was a smart man. You know, he actually wasn't short. He was average for his first time. Yeah. He was like 5'8". Yeah, they just, it's fun to say he's a little man. Yeah, because they go, oh, he's, he's got Napoleon syndrome. Right. And it's like, but Napoleon was actually average for his first time. The average time, uh, si- uh, height of men back in Europe was like anywhere from like 5'5 five, five to 5'9". Five, so he was about average um, for his day. Um, but anyway, sorry. Tangents. Um. So in the end, Hemire left the world, and he believed that he was led by God to carry this out. Um, uh, you know, he was that God had asked him to undertake this rampage. Yeah. Um, but perhaps, and this is the part that I want to get to because this is the the statement in one of his notes that kind of seals for a lot of people that regard Hemire as a folk hero, or at least as someone who takes it upon himself to enact certain moments of devastation upon the government. He's the hero that we didn't want. What was it that we deserve? It was the hero we, we didn't know we needed or didn't deserve, but we needed or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. I don't know, Batman, I don't know. Niemeyer. Niemeyer. Yeah. Niemeyer. 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 Uh, but his, the note that he left behind was, was this. I was always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. Yeah. He's and, not wrong. And that is and that is what a lot of people quote. Have you ever seen that movie Prisoners with Hugh Jackman? No. Oh, that's the exact that quote resonates. Prisoners with Hugh Jackman, uh, Terrence Howard, mm-hmm. and Riddler from the new Batman, what's his name? I just lost it. I don't know. Well, he He's was, really famous right now. Wasn't he in um that one movie with uh, 
Oh shoot. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yes. I just I totally spaced his name. I was just talking about him yesterday. What's that one movie he did with uh, um Oh man, I'm having a massive brain fart. I today. know, dude. A three hour nap after work and no food in my belly and I'm But anyway, um I'm gonna have to say his name because it's gonna drive me crazy. Hang on, guys. I'm looking at uh Paul oh. Dano. Yeah. Okay. So Paul Dano, it's called Prisoners. Say that quote again. Oh, shoot. Say it again. Oh, guys, my screen went black. I, I lost my, my ADD kicked in here, guys. I'm sorry. But I'm going to relate this. To do reasonable, I was willing to be reasonable and tired of be unreasonable. Yes. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. Exactly. So in Prisoners, his daughter and his neighbor's daughter get mm-hmm. kidnapped while they're out playing on Thanksgiving. Right. The cops won't do anything about it. They can't find the killer, blah, 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 blah. Or the murder, the kidnapper. But Hugh Jackman has an idea, and he follows leads of who it is. But he knows, and he's got strong evidence of who it is. So what he does is he kidnaps the guy, holds him hostage, makes him a prisoner, and quite, and pretty much, you know, interrogates him and tortures him to get the answers out because he knows the truth. He knows where his daughter's at. But the cops start coming after Hugh Jackman for doing that instead of going after his daughter, trying to find her. So it's like... and. That's where that quote kind of resonates because Hugh Jackman's a good man in the mm-hmm. movie, but he's pushed to a limit to where he would do something that he doesn't want to do, but he has to do. So right? that kind of, I also kind of reminds me of, um, oh, what's that one movie with? Uh, Watch Prisoners Gerard if you haven't Butler. seen it. Oh yeah, Law Abiding Citizen. Law-abiding it's the same Citizen. thing. Yeah, it's a good. He was a little <clears throat> more vengeful. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, like. Gerard Butler was a little more revenge-oriented. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman was more, I got to do this, as unpleasant as it is, to find my daughter before she's dead. So it was almost a, I have to do this. Right. Compared to, you killed my wife, now I want to kill you kind of thing. Right. So, But I, I see what you're saying. Um, Both good movies. Yeah. The, the very opening scene to Law Abiding System is very hard oh, to yeah. watch. Very hard to watch. It's a good <clears> movie. <throat> very good movie. The rest of it's See, I what I don't agree with in that movie is when he killed the... The law aides, like when yeah. he blew up her Leslie Bibb's car after mm-hmm. work, I was like, that was unnecessary. Now you're a bad guy. Yeah. You know, well, you didn't need kinda, to kill her. Well, that's kind of where um, they kind of go in the movie. It's like once he yeah. starts killing these other it becomes a disconnected blur. people, then all of a sudden he, he's become the monster that he wants to eradicate. Right. But at that point in the movie, that's when I lost all sensibility with him. Yeah. Because I was like, now I don't see you as a hero. You're just I think it was people. actually the point. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Because now yeah. you, you sympathize with him, and now... You start to see he's kind of a monster. And then, of course, they start revealing his, his history with the right. government and the war. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this guy's always been a violent man. But then at the end, they tried to kind of play it off like he's back to being the hero again. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, you can't quite save him at this point. Right. He's too damaged, you right. know. But yeah, and, and in, here, in Prisoners, Hugh Jackman stays the hero. Even though he does questionable stuff, you've... It's a gut-wrenching movie. I would really recommend watching it. Okay. I think it's on Netflix. It's like number one on Netflix, and it's a 20-year-old movie. Oh, shit. So I would definitely watch that movie. To anyone that's watching this, watch that movie. So I'm down. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is great. Oh, always. So, yeah. I'd anyway. have to say he definitely gets better the more he does. Yeah. Like, I remember watching stuff earlier, and it was like always like this... The weird stuff like Donnie Darko. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that movie. No, but, but he's a much better actor than he was in that movie. Yeah, he's much more seasoned and, and right. just has a 
He's a good actor. A lot more range, yes. it seems like. He deserves like, some awards. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely come a long way. I mean, which mm-hmm. is good because, like... He's not the little pretty boy anymore. No. Like, he can act, man. Yeah, he's Same got thing some, with Ryan Gosling. He can yeah. act, dude. He's kind of dropped off again, though, too. Yeah. Well, like, he's going to be in the new Barbie movie, you know? What, what, what? He's going to be Ken. What? There's they're, a Barbie they're movie? They're doing a live-action Barbie movie why, with... Why, dude, why? Margot Robbie in a bikini. Okay, all right. You know? All right, that's... Yeah, but you can see that anyway True. before Barbie. I mean, True. I'm down, though. I mean, okay, I guess. But he looks Fine. just like Ken. Oh, well, But yeah. they're saying it's going to be like a snarky, like... Kind a of like a PG-13 oh, okay. style yeah. Barbie. Right. It's not going to be like a... So I was like, okay, that could be funny. You it know? could be. I mean, I'm not going to go pay to watch it. I'm not going to go watch no. it. I'll watch it on demand. Yeah, okay. And I'll watch it for her because I love her. Well, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> All right. I do so, want to see Ryan Gosling with feathered hair. That's I mean, not where I thought you were going to oh, go. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> it's like, he's like, I would like to see Ryan Gosling. And my mind's like, I'm oh, no, just, no. Uh, just kidding. Oh, my God. So, anyway, um, that is the Kill story Dozer. of Killdozer. And um, so, next week, uh, which will be New Year's weekend. L.A. shootouts. We'll do and do the L.A. shootouts, which is a pretty another kind of um, violent true crime tale that we're going to do. Extremely violent. And um, we probably the most violent shootout in history. Yeah, it's actually it is it is a. They still discuss the L.A. shootouts and like law enforcement academies and stuff like yeah. how to deal. More police died in a single day than any yeah. shootout. You yeah, know? it's yeah they because. And we'll get into that when we do it because yeah. we could talk ballistics and, and it's a all very that. sensitive subject. Um, you know, but, if you got police, family, and friends, yeah. and it's messed up that it happened, and these yeah. guys definitely deserve to burn in hell. Oh yeah, but it's an interesting story because um, it definitely point uh, paints a picture of like how people should train, right? If they're going to do things like that, for either protect themselves, yeah. protect their loved ones, and it wasn't even a result of bad. Pl- a lot of stuff we do, like John Bonet and, and stuff like that, it's a result of bad police work, right? Right. Uh, well, but yeah, because what happened with LA Shootouts, it wasn't even it was bad police work. Right. That was that was the time of what. That's how they were trained to, yes. to deal with. Certain, they were trained. They did everything they were supposed to do. They didn't make any mistakes, as far as that goes. It's just the enemy they had was very well planned and thought out and knew what they were doing, and and they were not prepared for that. Yeah, because know? the way they came out was more armed. And, yeah, and. And ready and eager Just, to take them on than any opponent. Dude, they ever came faced. out like a freaking Metal Gear Solid boss fight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're not gonna kill this guy. Turn around and run away. <laughs> but they didn't. Right. You know. Yeah, they just took it on. So it, it was literally like a video game boss level. That's it how really violent was. it was. So we'll do that, and we'll close out 2022 uh, uh, with this true crime wave that we're doing. And um, so here's the deal. We need uh, right now. I can't interact on Facebook because my personal page went a little wacky, so I can't really interact on the Facebook page unless you guys message me. So if you guys have content, and this is what I'm trying to drive at, if you guys and this is, uh, and we've been asking for a while now, if you guys have hand drawn uh, graphics, uh, or if you're good at stuff like that, and we could pro pitch an idea and yeah. you could doodle something up we're not ha- we're not talking a complicated we don't need a max lucado painting here right you know what i mean right. we just need a just a sketch right so. we, uh, uh, you know a sketch a drawing 
um, anything you guys have, yeah. uh, even like clip art, like uh, the the images that I put on Facebook here a couple weeks back, those were all done on a cell phone. Right. So if you guys have anything you guys want to send to us, feel free to drop that in our uh, in our uh, message box, either on the Facebook page for the podcast or my personal Facebook page. I could still message or Noah's Facebook page. And we can we can you know get you know submit that onto the Facebook page actually publicly. Also, we're looking for new logos still. Uh, the the graphics I submitted are right now the only ones that we have. Uh, they're all good, but we want as much. Uh, we want some as more kind get. of stuff that's like caricatures of us, like yes. doing things, like maybe us sitting around a Ouija board, yeah, or something like that, like. You know, guys, the sky's the limit, and this maybe is your us time as to ghosts would be cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I'd be down for that. So we're just kind of looking for ideas. Yeah, I mean, you so. guys can literally su- submit things. Obviously, it has to be stuff we can post. It can't be lewd. Right. Uh, so for those who like to be weird about that, uh, not for this. I also want to start a new ending section here mm-hmm. because I'm a huge movie lover, and I know you are too. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of movies. I want to start doing like a Noah's movie corner at the end of it and just saying some things I've watched this week just to give people some ideas. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And you could throw in some too, if you've watched anything. So this week I would, I would have to recommend uh, violent night. I want to see the new Santa movie. It was fun. It's like home alone and die hard meets Santa Claus. See, I want to see that. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, I want to see that. Totally watch that movie. Also, I revisited an old one I used to love last night called Toy Soldiers. You oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. Sean Astin. Yep. I love that movie. If you like like Die Hard style, only with kids and like a terrorist, you know, it's a good. It's from '91. It's a good mm-hmm. movie. I forgot all about that movie. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Man. That's like memory lane out there. Right. So um, those are two. Um, oh. Uh, Surviving the Game is another fun movie. It's got Ice T back mm-hmm. in like '94. Okay, and they remember the pest where they hunted John Leguizamo. That's what that movie's made from. Okay, it's like mocking it. Yeah. Surviving the Game, they're hunting people. Okay, but it's got good old Gary Busey in it. Yeah, and Gary Busey is always fun. Then they make that movie based on the story, The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Surviving the game. It's Ice T, Gary Busey, John C. McGinley, a couple oh other people. Gosh. But it is a fun movie. And if you guys have never read the story, The Most Dangerous Game, yeah. it's, a, it's a short story. Uh, a matter of fact, it was required reading when I was in high school, like my freshman or sophomore year. Read that story. because Rich it's, people hunting humans. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah. And a lot of movies are based off of that one story. Right. But that is the original. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in what Noah just said, that is literally the story that's derived from. Also, one more, The Gray Man on Netflix is oh, yeah. incredible. Have you seen that? I've, I've seen like, it's like, bits on like TikTok and it's stuff. It's like John Wick meets the man from uh, the Henry Cavill movie. The man from, I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, The Gray Man is like a hitman style with Ryan Gosling. Oh, it's, okay, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, I so, want to check that out. What is the name of the the Henry Cavill the man from uh, the man from Uncle? Yes, that's it's kind of like that. Okay, so I would definitely watch that movie. But yeah, that's Noah's movie corner right there. Also, um, we're gonna get snowed in here yes. tonight, so you gotta have some stuff to watch, dude. Yeah. Also, to go on about the content, um, 
we're talking about the possibility of starting the episode with like a like a short story, like something we can like read off in five or ten minutes, and it doesn't have to be a short story, be a poem, uh, like Edgar Allan Poe type of uh, theme. You know what I'm saying? So something dark and mysterious, something along those lines. But something we can read off in five or ten minutes. Um, I'm actually, or, less, whatever. Or, or even less. I mean, it doesn't have to take two that sentence frame. horror stories. You those know are those? oh my god! I read we one this come up with some of those, dude. I read one this morning, and I like right before I took my nap, and uh, I shut my phone off, and went to sleep. I was like, let's no, read no some. More. We're short today. Let's okay. read some. I want to pull some up. All right, all right. Noah's got me. So because I can't resist, because you know, Noah's my boo, dude. We might as well. Um, so, we're only at thirty-eight minutes, so. If you guys, um... oh, this one always gets me. You ready for this? Yes, please. There was a picture in my phone of me sleeping. I live alone. Yeah, dude, do you know that actually exists? Ooh. I've seen them. They're creepy. Go ahead. Do you have one pulled up? I'm, I'm working on it right okay. now. My sister says that mommy killed her. Mommy says that I don't have a sister. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. You uh, hear your mom calling you into the kitchen. As you are heading down the stairs, you hear a whisper from the closet saying, Don't go down there, honey. I heard it too. Oh, dude, that's a classic. Okay, I got one. Okay, go for it. I begin tucking him into bed, and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering, whispering, Daddy, there's somebody on my bed. I've heard that one. It's a good one. I can't move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's so dark all of the time. If I knew it would be this lonely, I would have been cremated instead. Oh. You know, I, ah! <laughs> I, I literally just came across one that almost is that... It says, the doctors told the amputee he might experience a phantom limb from time to time. Nobody prepared him for the moments, though, when he felt cold fingers brush across yeah. his phantom hand. Yep. These are creepy. Don't I just saw that when you just read. Did you, are we yeah. both on Reddit right now? No, I'm on Bored Panda. Because <laughs> I'm literally grabbing these from Reddit, which I, I, don't, I don't have... To clarify, oh, that's okay. I, don't, I don't have an account. I read it, but I'm just. This is what I pull up. These are. This is the subreddit creepypasta. By the some way, some of them are kind of stupid. Well, they are. She asked why I was breathing so heavily. I wasn't. What? That one's stupid. I mean, let, okay. Who wrote that? That's ew. Hey Rita, you're a moron. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, don't be scared of the monsters. Just look for them. Look to your left, look to your right, under your bed, behind your dresser, in your closet, but never look up. She hates being seen. That's a good one. It's not bad. I can't sleep, she whispered, crawling into bed with me. I woke up cold, clutching the dress she was buried in. Oh, dude. Zombie, maybe? No, like a ghostly. Oh, ghost. Yeah. Okay. Dude, you know what I like to think? This is off topic. You ever like try to fall asleep and you twitch or feel like you're falling mm -hmm. or something pushes you? What if there was a camera installed and you could watch what was causing that and it wasn't what you thought? Oh, dude, don't because like you're gonna make me want to do that and you right? other stuff. That I don't want to see that. House. I don't want to see that. You know, dude, I heard the creepiest stuff this morning as I was laying in bed. Really? <clears throat> like literally, like it sounded like stuff was being shuffled in my dining room. I had a cup fly off my table one time and that. 
Recently? Yeah. I got a whole story I'll tell you about after this. I'll tell you after okay. we get off. All right. So anyway, we're going to end it. But yeah, so I'm going to, I'm actually in the middle of brainstorming a short story. Um, it may, it, it probably won't be finished by the time uh, we air next uh, Friday, but hopefully within at least the next two weeks, I'll have a short story that we can read on air and, and at least give you guys an idea of what we're looking for. Yeah. So with that said, you guys have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Killdozing Christmas. Uh, stay, that's right. You might need that Killdozer for all the snow that we're getting in the yeah. Midwest. So. True. Uh, I saw an image. I think it was in Minnesota or South Dakota. There was a state trooper sitting on the side of the road, and it was like so like thick the snow and the way it was being driven. He couldn't see in front of his cruiser. I want to move my truck in here. That's oh. how bad it is. Yeah. It's gonna get. That's what they're saying. I'm literally gonna move my truck in here. So, uh, but anyway, be safe and have a very merry Christmas. I uh, hope you guys uh, have a good one. Uh, and um, yeah, just stay jolly. Yeah. Holly jolly. Boo.